This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and I'm joined today by Todd McFarlane. Hey Todd, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, thanks Sal, thanks for giving me the time today, bud. Of course, hey, you're giving me your time. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you must be on top of the world, dude. You got so much going on. Uh, but then again, there hasn't been a time I haven't known you to have not so much going on. Like, ever since I got into comics, Todd McFarlane was, you know, superstar artist, superstar toy manufacturer, superstar image comics co-creator, and then it just never stopped. And now here we are, Guinness Book of World Records holder. Uh, you know, you're you're making DC toys. You're make you got this Kickstarter that's going on with with the Spawn figure. There's so much to talk about. Where do you want to start, man? Uh, well, uh, well, uh, let me just sort of touch upon what you said. Please do. It's 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 just called a career. Everybody right. everybody, everybody sort of has one, right? True. And, and part of a career is trying to figure out <clears throat> whether you can keep yourself busy at least Monday through Fridays, um, and then take a little bit of a breather on the weekends, and then do it again, and then hopefully the years and the decades pass. So, um, what what all of us strive to do, especially on the entrepreneurial side, I mean yourself included, is to have enough success so that you can basically keep doing it, right? right? I mean, so you have to have a certain level of success, otherwise people either won't support you or won't invest in you or whatever it is. Um, and and that's, that's just sort of, I've been lucky enough that I find enough people to sort of go along for the ride that allow me to basically be a goofy little artist. And, uh, <laughs> and now, we're, now we're three three decades into it. Yeah, uh, especially I, uh, you know, I, I think at a moment like this in the world, where everybody is having to readjust, let's, let's call it that. Yeah. Um, that, you know, things like what you're doing and and your show and people like you and fandom that are engaging and interacting with the fans, I think I think is a tremendous value to what we as geeks sort of need as our lifeblood, right? Uh, the, you know, with Hollywood not making any movies, so we can't go to the theaters and, and there's no new TV shows uh, currently, no comic books are being printed. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, some of the stuff that we just took for granted, you know, even going to shows and conventions, which I think will be a long ways off yeah. uh, of coming back to normal. All that's been taken from us. So, so, what 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 my fear is is that we're going to disengage a little bit, or, or some of our geekdom will get shifted, or like. So, I, I I applaud everybody, whether they've got one follower or a million and one followers that are engaging with each other. I, right. I think I think this is important, not necessarily that we're changing commerce or we're spending money, but that we're just still saying. You know, we like, we like, we're fandom, we're geeks, right. we, like, we like cool stuff. And if we can't go and do it and spend our money on it, then let's talk about it, right? right. I mean, there, at least it will uh, keep, it keeps the language 
the, the vernacular of geekdom fluent in our heads and we can't let that go away. Absolutely. No, this has been, um, as, a, as a commentator on the culture for you know, so many years, uh, I, I've noticed that like, the, the conversation's always been ongoing. And, and now that we're in this place, like you said, you know, there's been a halt on the content. So the commentators have kind of, I don't want to say taken center stage, because I don't think that's true. I think you guys, like without you guys being there to kind of give us this authorship of the discussion, you know, because, you know, me talking about Spawn is not nearly as engaging, interesting, or insightful as you talking about Spawn or action figures or movies. But, but, but here's what I would say to that, though, is that I think it, it, it sheds a light on that we're all valuable in the process, right? And okay. so when the debate was going on about doing new comic books and you talk to a store owner, and I understand, I'd do the exact same thing. I'd want to protect what's mine, which is right. my store and, and what I have. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there's, a, there's sort of a more balanced look in that what we need is we need the fans to be healthy. Right. right. Not 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 just physically, but I'm saying that engaging them. Exactly. So still like comic books. They still like the co- the content. We need obviously the lifeblood, which is the 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 store, and and people they're putting out there. You need you need the creators because again, if you're not making any comic books, then the creators are going to disperse to some other place where they can do their art. Yeah. And and then you need you need the big, the big corporations that hold these big IPs that a lot of us you know, globally uh, are, are smitten with. So uh, like, it can't be one of those four over the others. No. Uh, and I'd, I'd argue at the very end with no fans, <laughs> <they're>, like, <laughs> every, like everything falls apart. That's so right. Yeah, you need. I put, if, yeah. I had to put, if I had to put in the pectinor, I go, the fans are number one. What are you talking right. about? But, but what I, all I'm saying is that we have to figure out how to have all of us do okay through this. And it can't be, a selfish, it has to be me first and then you second, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, so, uh, and so we're seeing it. Again, that if, if we're not creating, we're not doing new book, then the mantle gets shifted to people like you and or the fans who get to talk about it. Right. And, and, it's still, and, it, and, and it's still alive, right? And so who cares whether it's, you know, Stanley uh, or Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane or whatever yourself, even if it's just two fans someplace, the conversation's being had. It's good. It's That's good. fair. Yeah, it's keeping it alive. I, I feel like the the comic industry is um, it's, it's it's such an interesting, complicated thing. And you've had some incredible comments about it recently. And I, I think you know, as as an arbiter, kind of like you you would know. And I'd love to know um, now that we're kind of I don't want to say coming out of it, but you know, Diamond announced they're going to be releasing books again. DC and Marvel never stopped producing books; they just kind of stopped printing them and putting them out there. Are we in a are, are are we getting back to normal? And if so, no. is that good? No, because no. I don't I don't think I think you're right. Like I don't think we are back to normal. And I don't think that normal is good. I don't think that we were in a healthy place to begin with. Right. So we've been through some down cycles in the in the industry, and each time it shows how sort of frail uh, our community and our industry actually is. Yeah. Um, which you know behooves us to try and reinforce it each time we don't we don't quite do that but um it's just i think human nature you start to take things for granted after a while yeah Um, here's why i said i don't think we're going to go back to normal is 
when, when the comic books begin to uh, ship again, uh, all, all the stores that were there before will not still be in business. So there, right. there's a change. Of those that are still in business, some of them will or will not be able to open up their doors and let people come into the stores. There's right. still, they're still quote unquote lockdown in certain states. So all the stores are not going to be dealing equally. Yeah. And then for a bunch of them that are doing, let's call it curbside sales, mm-hmm. which is basically, you know, uh, selling books to the people who have subscription, then they're going to be selling and ordering to basically accommodate those people, they can't really at this point take the leap of faith that their doors are gonna get open anytime soon and they're gonna have a lot of walkthrough. So normally if they bought 20 copies of something of which 10, 12 were for subscriptions and then the other eight they were gonna talk up, they're yeah. gonna talk them up to basically walk or buys in their store, that that piece may be gone. So now what happens is they're gonna they're gonna reorder those books. They're gonna get the luxury of reordering because it's like, hey, we put our orders in sort of months ago. Post apocalyptic. Right? <laughs> so, so now we get to do or, or pre apocalyptic, yeah. and now we now we get to do post apocalyptic. We're gonna get to see what that means right out of the gate, and I think you're gonna see a precipitous drop in the number of orders. Even if every store is still alive, yeah, I still think you're going to get a conservative bite from each one of them now, uh, and there's going to now be a new norm. And since we don't know, and I just posed ten questions, right? All of this data is still unknown, and we're gonna we're gonna have to push through it through May, June, July. Yeah, and we may not really know what the reality of of a successful comic book is until maybe late summer. That's true. Yeah, our our numbers. I mean, <clears throat> if you've been tracing the sales of comics from and you know, but like from the 90s or from the 80s up until now, you know, the the highest number obviously was inflated thanks to the market of the 90s, but after that, the new normal went from like 200,000 like top selling like top 3 books to like 160,000 and now I feel like that's going to be much lower now as a, as a result of this. And the, that's going to alter everyone else's <clears throat> strategy, like everybody else's approach to like how they're going to, uh, the risk involved in printing books. I think maybe they'll like dial back on the amount of books that most of these publishers are putting out because they know they can't sell that many titles because like you said, no foot traffic. It, it, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think, I think one of the things that, ha- that almost, has to happen is that those 120 books yeah that you that each company was putting out marvel dc would put out each month right and you have a high and a low in terms of the ordering yeah if we find out starting on may 20th that those numbers are now going to be cut in half right that now means that basically the revenue the profits everything is cut in half exactly right? as a matter of fact it's actually even harsher than that if you're paying the same page rates to the artist. Right. So, so you're the, the, the business mind person is going, why am I doing those 20 books that are going to be getting to now lose money for me? Yeah. The answer is you shouldn't and you won't. And so they'll, they'll cut, they'll cut those books. Yeah. And, and they'll have to basically say, can, can we get 
people to basically buy the known quantities instead of the unknown quantities, which is, you know, sort of a little bit more obscure characters, if you yeah. will, uh, or the fifth iteration of, of one character or something. Right. So, um, and we're all going to be susceptible to it. Yeah. Right. So, so it doesn't matter what I do with my one spawn book. If the, if, if the marketplace wants to double or it wants to half itself. Yeah. Right. I, I basically go up and down and what my personal actions are with my book have no relevancy because I'm but literally one boat in the ocean. Right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I still do what I think is right, but uh, you know, the industry is, as a whole has to want to move in a direction. We're going to see, like I said, it's going to be, I'm going to be just as curious as anybody else because nobody, nobody can make any predictions because we, we we're, we're looking at an unknown equation here. And, yeah. and whenever you have an unknown equation, here's what I will tell you is that there will be winners and losers, yeah. right? Uh, that's true for, for, you know, humanity right now. It's going to be true for employees, going to be true for businesses. And so some people are going to weather the storm a lot better than others. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I, I will be just as curious. My big piece of the equation is what is the overall health of the comic book industry? Not how is Spider-Man selling or how's Wolverine doing or how Marvel do Like what's the health factor yeah. of, of our industry? It's, it's, it's interesting because, um, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of like we had where, where we had seen kind of like tribalism in comics, I'm seeing a lot more like equalization. It's kind of like, it's kind of nice, like refreshing. I hope that given, what do you mean by that? Well, the idea of like, I, I only buy this, I only buy that, like this versus that, as opposed to we are literally like, the, the, it is all, I think, one phalanx. Like I think like the comic book industry itself, like Marvel versus DC versus Dark Horse versus Image versus everything. Like, I, I, don't th- I don't see any real sides in that. I think it's all part of the same. I think a rising tide raises all ships and all of it is interconnected. Like one falls, the other one, the other one gets hurt. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but, but I'm in seeing- both directions, In both directions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they all influence each other. And you know, I mean, even, even the, the indies or the smaller press books influence the larger press books, I think, because that's kind of where the talent pool comes from. What you just said is the, is the reason why I have other companies. (laughs) It's not a joke. I I, I, I agree. I I saw what was happening in the early nineties. You mentioned it earlier in your, in your monologue. Yep. Um, I saw what was happening and, and I saw what I thought were some bad business traits that were hurting our industry, yeah. that were turning fans away from what we do. And I, I made a concentrated and, 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 and specific decision to say, I, I will not put all my eggs in that one basket. Right. Because if they want to go on a suicide mission, I can't stop them. Like I said, I'm one book, I'm one guy, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I, I started literally to diversify so that so that if there was a downturn in one of my businesses, then it wouldn't hopefully be in all of them all at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, and that's that's your your sort of hedging your bets, if you will. Sure. Uh, it, it's served me well, because, again, when some things aren't going so good, you know, when Toys are a little soft. Comic books go up. Hey, I got spawn, spawn three hundred. Woo! I'm gonna, you know, I, yeah, 
<laughs> you just move and then it's like, ah, you know, comic books going down. Ah, you know what? At least they're letting toys still be put into the stores or what it like. Yeah. I don't know. And if, and if both of those go and I've got a couple other smaller businesses and they're still, you know, can we prep for some stuff for Hollywood? So when that opens the door, we can shift some of our attention. I, I, I'm, I'm a, you said earlier that, you know, you're always doing something. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm a hustler. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've never seen you look, I've never seen you sit <laughs> except I, right I, now. I, I don't like, know if I'm a good businessman, I'm, but I'm a hustler. Right. Exactly. So, uh, and, 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 and hustlers, that are my age we're usually pretty good at the hustle because because if you're not it's sort of like a con man right right? you meet a 60 year old con man that's pretty good con man because if you're not a good con man they catch you at 28 32 33 you get caught yeah you go straight you get a real job (laughs) yeah well they they find out you're not as good as you thought you were right exactly if you've been a con man for 40 years shoot you're good right Right. maybe you're not so maybe maybe it's not so much of a con yeah (laughs) Well, no, it is a con. It's just that you are you are fabulous at it. And so for me, I'm I I'm pretty good at the hustle, right? Mm-hmm. And I and so I I quickly can move uh, because of prior success. I have uh, the the money and the where for all that I can make those moves. You yeah. know, the average person is like limited not by ideas. Let me let me tell you, historically, it's not the ideas and the enthusiasm and the knowledge that slows anybody down from going and doing what they want. It's usually the fourth piece, which is the cash. Yes. Right? Yeah. Mean, it's the advantage. Yeah. Cause, cause that's it. Cause there are brilliant ideas that probably locked in every one of our heads. Uh, we just can't afford to get them up. Yeah. Right? And it's frustrating at times. Oh I, yeah. So. Now when you diversified in the beginning, when you said I'm going to make toys, Obviously, like from your Kickstarter videos, from your Instagram videos, from your insights into the toy industry, going back to what ninety four, mm-hmm. uh, we know you have a passion and a love for toys. But was it a conscious decision? This is a market that I could definitely make a make a big splash in, or was it like were there other ideas before toys when you want, when you said you wanted to diversify? When you were like, obviously, comics is a great thing, and I'm doing this, but I want to I want to spread things out. No, it's interesting because I, I, you know, I never thought about it in those terms. Uh, mm. Both, both from my comic book career, uh, or or my or what we did in the toy business, right? Yeah. Both of them, both of them came from the exact same spot. And and if you've got people who are listening that you know do any kind of creative work, whether it's acting, music, uh, writing, drawing, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Creative, creative is a big word. Um, all you want to do while you're creating. I, I think it has to be part of the equation, at least most of the time. Yeah. You just enjoy yourself while you're doing it, right? Because otherwise, otherwise it becomes a job. It becomes it becomes drudgery, right? right? And I've had moments. Let me tell you, I've had moments where I've hated the page I'm looking at because I know the deadline and I don't like the character and I think the story's too. I mean, we all yeah. go through it. But what you try to do is enlighten yourself because a lot of what we do, especially in comic books, is is solitude, right? Yeah. I mean, every decision I made on what I wanted to do with Spider-Man wasn't because I thought it would actually work or wasn't because I thought the fans would like it or wasn't because I thought it was better. It was because I was locked in a room for 12 hours with myself. Yeah. And I just went, hey, Todd, since you are the only one here with yourself, what, what would you like to draw that would be fun? What would be fun on the page? And so I just, I put as much of the fun on the page and luckily 
there's enough people that went along for the ride. The same, the same was true for the toys. It was, it was just me saying, Oh man, I don't understand why toys just can't be cooler. Right. It wasn't, I want, it wasn't like, even if I can, will that change anything or yeah. can I make money at it? I wasn't even thinking of those terms. It was just like, why, why can't we make cooler toys? Period. <laughs> period. And, and everything else spills out for me, spilled out from that. Right. Oh, okay. I did the cool toys. Wow. Cool. Other people were saying the exact same thing. They just yep. didn't have the money or the wherewithal to do it. Yeah. So it wasn't like I, what, what I was saying was unique. I, I didn't say, I wouldn't say anything unique. Why can't sure. they be better? We say, we just say that about every product. And then I went and did it. Woohoo. People basically gave me kudos. We end up getting people to buy our stuff. We have success. We get to keep doing it. And now fast forward, we're 25 years into it and we haven't stopped doing it. Cool. Right. Uh, but I, I can tell you that when I'm looking at a toy, which I did earlier this morning and I'm giving my notes, it's, it's with the same mentality of 25 years ago. It doesn't yeah. look good. Dude, it doesn't look good. We got to do the shape <laughs> of it, the detail of it. Like it's got to look good on the shelf in a, in a blink of an eye. It's got to look good on the shelf in the blink of an eye. Yeah. That's it. That's all, that's all we got. We do that and put it at a fair price. We can sell that. Right. Yeah. So, but otherwise we're taking advantage of people for not giving them the most quality at the, at the fairest price. That's fair. Now you're in two worlds with that because you've got the DC toys, which have to look good on the shelf, which have to be kind of like, th this is a, I don't want to call it an impulse buy, but it's, it's, a, it's on the shelf at a Target, at a Walmart, at any of your retail stores where you get toys. Not a Toys R Us anymore, obviously, because, uh, you know, it's over. But, uh, but when it comes to your Spawn figure and your more direct market, you know, the success of your Kickstarter for the, for the Spawn remaster figure. Because there's so many other figures you've made in the past couple of years that are amazing and they are available in those retail outlets as well. But I'm thinking specifically because I was thinking about, somebody asked me, um, Recently, they said, uh, geez, I hope that the Spawn remaster figure sells well so I can get a cool remaster violator. And I said, sells well? He just made $2 million and he hasn't sold, like, they, and, they're, and they're, it hasn't been on a single shelf yet. Like, it's, it's done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he sold the toys. The, so, the toys are sold. Like, that's, that, those are already, the, the people who want the toy are getting them immediately and directly. The, the, here, here's what the crowdfunding does. In, in this case, it was uh, through uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, was our first one. Obviously, I did a tip of a hat to the figure that literally kickstarted kick my company. Yeah. Uh, uh, Spawn. And it wasn't meant to be a cure-all figure that like was going to solve every single problem in uh, action figures. Because it's interesting when you listen to comments. You know, everybody wants everything, right? It's like... Yeah, I don't even think you could do that with one figure anyways, right? I like, because if you have a Frankenstein, I don't care what character you use, you couldn't get there. Yeah. Um, but what, but here's, here's the, up, here's the upside. I, I did it not because I needed to, and not because I, I had to, it was just because I'm curious. I'm yeah. a curious, I'm a curious person. How does crowdfunding work? Is there any value to crowdfunding? And does it make sense? Does that model make sense with my, the way my company is structured in the way that we basically make stuff. I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to know till we try it. Till we've tried it, huge success. Good. Why is that good? Not because I can make money and stuff. Although money allows you to keep doing art, that's the success. Yeah. Um, and as long as you can keep doing art, you have to have success, ladies and gentlemen. Never, 
You will never walk into a room and say, hey, I want to do some more art, but the last three things I did didn't work. They will never let you do it. You have to have success, right? And so usually success then equates into money. And so then people then make this misconception of like, oh, all, you know, you're just, you're just going for the, for the cash and stuff. No, no. You go for the cash, which equals success, so you can continue to do art. Right. That's it. And if you can do art for 70 years, then you have to have had some success along the way. You can't get away from that piece. But going back to Kickstarter, what the success of it, what's great about it is that now it's, it's like the Wild West. What are you yeah. talking about? You can do anything, any size, any scale, yeah. add anything, any materials, anything you can think of. And it's not just blonde. What are you talking about? I'm going to be going back to DC and saying, have I got some Batman ideas for you? <laughs> right? Because like, I can't do these ideas for $20 at Walmart and Target because I'm limited by price and box size. Yeah. But now I can open that up and do some crazy. Woo. I, I don't know if they'll go for it. <laughs> I'll have to give them the exact ideas that I have. Yeah. All of it, all of it to me is just, is exciting now because, because, and it's always been there, the internet, we've sold stuff on the internet, you know, just that now you, you can, you know, now that people are sort of getting hunkered in, they're going to have to do more stuff over the internet. True. It, it, I feel like I did 25 years ago when we were starting our company and we were just coming up with crazy ideas and people were supporting it. Yeah. And just going, man, we can just, this is the most fun we've ever had. Right. Yeah. So, so now the, we're, we're getting this renaissance of, of joy coming back and saying, man, you might, we might be able to do monsters again and dragons again and Batman with four foot long capes. And maybe <laughs> we could do some two foot version of Spawn super articulated, made out of cloth and whatever. Like the answer is yes. Yes. Potentially to all of it. Yeah. yeah. You, you also allow for um, the, the ability to play with things like, I, I assume, and you, you can actually, you can help me understand this, but like when it comes to packaging, I assume that this. I assume there's some kind of inherent logic to a toy packaging when it comes to like a Walmart, a Walgreens, a, a Target figure, where it's like it has to have like a blister pack. It's got to be able to be viewed, you know that kind of thing. You, <clears throat> where, and I'll tell you how it works. They give you they give you a size, width by height, by depth. Okay. And they go whatever you got to do. Make sure it fits in that. Gotcha. So sometimes that's they, it? They, sometimes they just put a gun to your head. And they just say, hey, no more. Remember when we used to do toys years ago and we used to have that cool flange yeah. off to the side and it had the big art panel? Of course. I thought it looked sexy. I thought it looked sexy. Yeah. They're sitting there going, Todd, it's wasted space. It's air. Yeah. Cut the flange off. Keep the, the, the piece that is the figure and, and then put another one and we're going to put the hooks close to each other. I'm, we're not here selling air. Right. We're, we're selling product, right? So get it as tight and as concise as you can. The, the, you know, again, the problem is that, not, you know, not only uh, width-wise, but depth-wise, right? We used to also have, besides we had that, that panel, we used to have a lot of really deep, thick, like almost six inches, some of the toys that we did. Yeah. Uh, 
can't do that anymore, which is, which is a little bit frustrating because it limits some of your poses you can put in them and things like that. Because yeah. even somebody like, I mean, so let's look at an example, the, the Superman Unchained or what I call the Superman in armor. Yes. Um, he looks cool in that package because it looks like he's stuffed in. It looks like he's going to break out of it. Yeah. Um, but, what I, but even with that, you know, people go, oh, my God, that's a lot of plastic. That's cool. I'm going to take it. But once you get it home, you open it up and you go, what? He's giving me two wings on top of it? Right. This big thing actually got bigger. Now, ideally, I would like to show you those wings at the, the store, at the store level. Yeah. So then you get to see how big this is and you go, what? 20 bucks for that? Yeah. Done. Done. Right? So it takes away your potential to show the true value that you're getting and people don't really know until they get home. It's a bit frustrating. But with the Kickstarter option, you can do anything you want with the package. You could get really artsy with it. You could do like experimental stuff with it. As long as you put some kind of insulation into the box that it arrives at your home in. We are. You can do anything you want. What are you talking about? And that's the thing. We are going to do it. And I think it's a piece that people are missing on the Kickstarter at some point. That uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab sort of a mock-up of the packaging here for you. Sure. Um, that people are look at like here's the original, the original what it looked like 25 yep. years ago, right? So you're gonna get something way 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 bigger than that, right? So, yeah. but it's also gonna come in. Oh my gosh, what did I do with my box? I got a mess here at home. Uh, oh, right here. It's also gonna come. In a box, that's this big, right? Yeah, this big. So, and each one's going to be color coordinated depending on what figure you get. So, like, why? Okay, I, I could just give you that toy in a blister, like you went to Walmart and picked it up. <laughs> yep. But we're, we're we're trying to do something a little bit different, a little bit sexy, right? I'll give you this big fat box. Yeah. Right. It's got little sort of thing. You can then put it up on your shelf like this. If you get the three pack, you'll have all three of them with three different colors. Oh, right. That's right. Then when, you, then when you take it, you get to open it up. You pull the sleeve off it. Right. There's the sleeve comes off. You open it up. There's going to be sassy. You open it up. And only once you get inside and you're going to have all the extras in the foam. Yeah. Plus the clamshell. Plus the figure. Plus the comic. What are you talking like all of that should be an experience, right? Exactly. Not just open it up, cut open your box that you get from UPS or whoever and, and pull it out and go, there's my toy done out. Yeah. Right? So, and to the point that, uh, you know, we're going to do packaging that you can open up with the packaging with the figure that you can open up and close like almost like Tupperware, if you will, uh-huh. uh, that, you know, uh, that so that you can open it up, take your toy out, do whatever you want to do with it. If you get bored or you got to move or whatever, you can put it back in and it'll still look like it's brand new in the package. That's really cool. Instead of saying, hey, I want you to spend 40 bucks on this figure. You're going to open it up and then you got to take, take a pair of scissors and cut that thing open, never to, yeah. be, never to be used again. I want all of that packaging to be reusable all the way back to putting it back on your shelf so it just looks cool, and, you, and it feels high-end, and it feels sophisticated, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, this is, um, but so I, I, I guess it's easy to say the Kickstarter is a success. This isn't the last we're going to see from what you're doing Kickstarter-wise. 
Uh, I, well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd use the word Kickstarter. It, we may. Um, I think crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. Yeah. Uh, dot com. I think dot com's really sort of more, you know, because I, you know, we used to years ago do sell stuff off our own, you know, spawn.com. Too. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll just see, you know, I'm, I'm, who knows? I may go to, you know, GoFundMe or Indiegogo. I don't know and see if what they do is any better. Uh, right. So far, the Kickstarter people have been t- tremendous. <laughs> so I think that I owe them, you know, another project or two. Mm. Um, but, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious and, and experimental yeah. to see if there's other places that make more sense for the fans right? Uh, or the fans of specific brands that we may, may or may not be doing. Oh, now, um, when it comes to this, like you, when you make spawn, the only person you have to talk to about what you're going to make with spawn is you. Yeah. When it comes to the DC stuff. Yep. And uh, I know you got some figures coming out soon. I know April, you dropped the Wonder Woman figure uh, from the movie. Um, you had to deal with likeness and, and everything like that. Um, does DC come to you? Do you go to them when it comes to who they're going to make and how, how it all happens? Or is it more like a, yeah, how, what's the process like? Do you go, I got a, bu- I got a list and they it's, go. It's, it's both. It's both. Okay. Right. Um, obviously, uh, the good people at Warner Brothers who owns DC comics they know what they're doing way in advance of their characters than i do right Right. so they know what kind of video games and comic events and tv shows and animation and movies they've got coming sometimes years in advance right right? i don't don't, and so sometimes they'll share some of that with us so that we can you know sort of build build towards it and obviously if you're going to try and you know, right on the coattail of some of that, you, you, you start filling your slots with certain characters sure. to those sort of different mediums. Um, and, then, and then there's the other one, which is, is part of our uh, contract. We have access to the entire library of, every, of, all, of everything um, that I just look at stuff very simplistic and say, oh, my God, that looks cool. That would make, that would make a cool looking toy. Right. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes when I say that it's based on a character that may be popular. Right. Right. And sometimes it isn't, it just looks cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to the Superman in armor, Superman on chain figure, whatever you want to call him. Um, I think he was in four panels. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I didn't choose him because of his popularity. I mean, there was a little bit of, uh, I understood there was an S on his chest and that, that, that carries a lot of cash in. Definitely. But, but it was more of, man, I think if they give us a little bit of artistic freedom, which they did, and Jim Lee, you know, designed the original. And he said, yeah, Todd, do whatever you want. Um, that, that our goal was, what's, what would be the coolest looking toy if we were to do this version so that somebody came by and went, oh my gosh, I collect Superman but I've never had that Superman before. That's true. And that was pretty good. Or an eight-year-old would walk by and go, I don't know what that is, but man, super cool looking. Looks like robot Superman. Uh, and so, I, again, you know, I think sometimes what gets lost in toy making is just that two seconds of catching a consumer's eye as they're walking down an aisle that is filled with nothing but visuals. Yeah. Um, 
colorful visuals too uh, in the in the boys uh, action aisle and so never underestimate the cool factor right that if it looks good even if you don't know who that character may be even if you don't know even what the brand may be because what are you talking about going all the way back to spawn the majority of people didn't know what spawn was right they just want hey that looks cooler than some of the stuff next to it and it's at a fair price sometimes cheaper sometimes it like you go cool and and again never underestimate plastic give them more plastic than everybody else yep uh and all of a sudden you've got a recipe that will work so it's a, it's a it's a long-winded way of saying that that when we dance and we make our lineups with the big the big companies, we're trying to strike a balance uh, of of meeting their agenda and and meeting some of my toy agenda. Yeah. Okay. Um, are there any that you pitched that they were like, we're not going to do that? Um, that they just outright were like, I don't want to do that. Uh, they, uh, they, the answer is yes, but it's not because they don't want to do it. It's because we only have so many slots that we can put in in a year. Fair enough, yeah. And then they go, hey, you know what? We've got this movie and this. It'd be nice if you could do a figure here, a figure there. So you end up having to bump some uh, figures out. Right. Um, so there, there hasn't been any ardent... I, I mean, the only ones that I, there was a, a minor hesitation at the beginning was when I just came up with stuff that doesn't exist anywhere. Uh. <laughs> I just go, this is just Todd being crazy. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, weren't, they weren't quite ready for crazy Todd yet. Um, I think that they've seen what we've done with our first line or second line. We're going to, the third line is going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be visually amazing. Um, that they're now getting to the point that, that hey, you know what? if we let Todd get a little crazy. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, do a couple of things that maybe aren't either completely faithful or maybe even don't even pre-exist. Yeah. That, that, as long as it's not the, you know, the bulk of it, then there, there's possibly room for some of those items uh, scattered amongst uh, our lineups. Yeah. I'm I'm personally really hyped for the uh, the 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 Murphy verse stuff, the White Knight uh, Asriel figure. I'm I, I think you guys are going to render it incredibly. Yeah. Um, no, 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 we had some of those at Toy Fair. They're awesome. I know. Yeah, I saw some. Yeah, here's, some video. Here's, here's what, so 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 let's just talk about it specifically. Yeah. What, what, what for me as a geek, the re- reason I I say it's awesome, I'm not trying to say that what we're doing, I'll let everybody basically make their own decision. Sure. For me, for me, it's cool because it's different, right? It's different looking, which to me is a value because you never want to make a toy that you feel you've seen before, right? Yeah. And at the beginning in our first wave, we made uh, a couple of toys that seemed similar to what had been out in the marketplace in the past decade. Mm. Um, and so. I think, you know, everybody's coming to the understanding that because I'm not the only one making toys, right? There's DC, right. Direct, there's DC Direct and there's Spin Master doing toys. Um, that, that ideally, we shouldn't be treading on each other's sort of territory, right? Right. Um, and we probably sort of did that inadvertently, all of us unknown, uh, at the beginning because we didn't really know what everybody else was going to be doing. I think that, that what, what, my, what, what I should be trying to do is put out toys that for the most part you've never seen that look yeah not necessarily the style like batman stylized by todd that's a different thing which i think has a value in a place yeah 
But I'm saying like that look has never been seen before, right? right. So, so when you look at what you were mentioning with the, you know, the dark or the white knight, right? Yeah. Knight, you know, the white knight Batman, let's say. Is it Batman? Check. Check the box. Batman. Yes, it's Batman. But <laughs> right. it's a Batman in a uniform with a slightly different look, slightly different costume, slightly different style yeah. that you've never seen before. So now, even if you collect Batman, you can say, wow, I, I've got 20 Batman figures at home, 30 Batman figures at home. I don't have one that looks like that. Right. right? That's, that's what I should be trying to make, right? Yeah. Where somebody like Spin Master, because they've got sort of the big master toy license there. And I would do the exact same thing. They should be doing more sort of classic, obvious stuff for basically the new generation that's coming in. Yeah. Right? Just, they're basically going, they're getting introduced to Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman Flash. Right. Right. Where I'm dealing with people who've been there in my mind have been there already for a while. Yeah. Uh, now it, those figures should still look good enough so that any, eight-year-old should still be excited about it but you know there's 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 sort of an entry portal which which i think is sort of a lot of the spin master stuff and then there's just a little bit sort of older elevated which is me and then if you put the two together at retail then it's this big presence that seems like there's a lot of variety not a lot of not a lot of overlap right? right and i think that's it's good for i think both Spin Master and myself, and and I think it's good for the brand of DC Multiverse, and I think overall then it'd be good for uh, Warner Brothers because they'll see that the program will be stronger and work better. Yeah, I your your working with DC is kind of something that I never thought I'd ever see, and it must be kind of a kick for you. I mean, in some fashion, the kid who kicked in the door twenty five years ago said, you know, we're not working for you either is now has the DC license. You're like, I, I, I wanna, I'm going to tell you what I think Batman should look like. I think he looks pretty cool like this. Well, 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 it's, well it's interesting. I've sort of had these w- sort of weird conversations. The reality is, and I've, you know, I've talked to Jim Lee. I go, come on, Jim. You, you know I'm, I'm militant, right? I'm, I'm never drawing a page of comics for Marvel and DC ever, right? right? That's, that's just who I am, right? From the yeah. day I left in 1992, I've, I've not drawn a page, right? Nope. I mean, did we do the crossovers and stuff? If we do a crossover, I don't consider that to be working for them because I get my character in it. Exactly. Um, so, but you know, people say, "Would you do a Spider-Man book?" No. Uh, we, you know, would would you do a Superman book? No. Right. But, I, but, you know, that's different than what I do with toys, right? Totally. Uh, because toys is a different company, separate company. I have different reasons for why I started and whatever else. And, and, and I, I sort of keep saying, if you let me do some crazy plastic goods, it's sort of like getting my designs, except for on paper, you'll get them on plastic. Yeah. And then if you happen to put them in the comic book afterwards, like, I don't you know, I, I can't stop that because you guys own the characters and the looks. Right. Uh, that's it. That's the only way you're ever going to get sort of new McFarland stuff, right? It's going to have to come through the plastic door. Yeah. It's, it's never going to come through the paper door, right? Which is, which is comic book. Um, and, and so I, I think that, that we, we all sort of understand that and going, how do we figure that out? Right. How do we, how do we, how do, and, and here's the thing that's even more interesting, although I've never said it to him, but just from a business point of view, if I was to do it in paper, you would pay me for that. Right. Right. 
you would say, Todd, oh my God, draw a comic book. Oh, here's a bunch of money. Oh my God, do whatever you want. Oh my God, oh my God, right? You would be giving me money doing it. If I do it in plastic, I, I would have to do that and I'm paying you, right? I'm giving you a royalty. Yeah. I'm giving you a guarantee. <laughs> so <laughs> like between the two deals, you can get McFarlane artwork and Todd pays you or we pay Todd. I take yeah. the, I take the, I would take the, I'll take the plastic. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's a better deal. Yeah. It's way better deal. Yeah. The fact that you're, I mean, I've seen you on the DC universe app. You've been doing interviews. You're, you're, you're working, you know, you're, 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 you're a, you're more close with DC than ever before. Any chance we're ever going to get that, that, that third Batman spawn crossover. It's possible. It's, it's, it, I mean, I think now, for, now more than ever. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me, let me just say, if I, if I, if I ever approach DC about anything, then it w- would be a crossover with uh, Spawn, right? I mean, I, 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 years ago, Greg Capullo and I talked about doing one. This was pre before Greg actually did any Batman. Yeah. So you could argue it would be a perfect time because Greg, did Batman and Spawn, so he'd be the perfect guy to collaborate with. Yeah. Um, I think Jim Lee would be another cool guy to collaborate with. You know, hey, you do loose pencils, I'll ink you, and then we'll write the story or something. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it'd be super sassy looking. Right. Uh, and then there's you know a couple other people, but yeah, just like I said, as, as president of Image Comics, um, I can't, in good conscience. Um, you know, draw a page for a direct competitor. I just right. can't, I can't, I can't get, I, 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 I can't mentally do that gymnastics right. in my head. Right. Some of my other partners over the years have, it's their, it's their decision, you know, good on them. I just can't. I, and so, uh, but if, if I could do it again, the, the only way I could ever imagine doing Spider-Man again, it'd be a Spider-Man spawn crossover. Right. So, uh, with Venom, the bad guy, right? So, um, okay, it'd be a hell of a book. And, and I'd get to have some fun and whatever else. Uh, and possibly some of those ideas that maybe were way back in my mind, you know, with what we're going through uh, in the world, and it's going to have a deep impact on our community that do some of these ideas now have more value and i don't mean in terms of money i'm just saying value in terms of creating our fandom to be engaged and excited about comic books and talking about comic books again back to the original conversation you and i started with of engaging uh and the answer for me is yes i think i i I have to have to think about giving these ideas way way more serious consideration than i had in the past yeah is the, now I, I wouldn't I, I didn't want to imply that you that like would you draw a Batman Spawn crossover or Spider Man Spawn crossover for that matter because it's you know like you said you have a fundamental kind of like approach to the whole thing it's like present DC Comics drawing drawing something for Marvel or DC pass um, variant covers out of the question like a variant cover for one of their books no 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 for a, for a crossover book for a crossover. No, yeah. no, 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 let me just tell, whoa, 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 let's just go back up. Maybe okay, you please. Maybe you misheard me. Oh, no, no, if there's a Spawn Spider crossover, I'm You're drawing. drawn. Okay. Oh, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to go and do my due diligence. I'm going to vet, and I'm going to go, 
who can I find that's done Spider-Man at a level that the fans liked yeah. and have drawn Spawn at a level that they like? There's only one human being. That's right. It has to be me, right? So, yeah. so no, no, no. If I do a crossover, I'm either going to be writing, drawing, inking. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm for You're it. in it. I'm in it, right? That, again, that's because that's a that's – a, that's a, a mutual book with two companies sort of sharing the spotlight, right? Yeah. So I, I, I don't mind that conversation. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, so, so, um, but I've had people ask, Hey, could you just do like one cover for a Spider-Man book or about, and, and, and that answer still is no. Right. right? That right. One, because now that's, that's a hundred percent. Theirs. Yeah. Theirs. There's like, I don't, I don't have my claws in it. Right? No. And you it's might like, get, you might get a check, but like image doesn't get anything. Like the, it's, it's not about. Creator. Like, it doesn't boost the, the position of a creator. Right. Uh, so anybody right now who doesn't do creator on book can do a Spider-Man cover. Exactly. Right? Anybody. So why, like to me, why would I want to go do that? So, yeah. but, what, what, but what everybody can't do is have the leverage to be able to use their character and get another big corporate triple A character sharing the spotlight. Yes. Um, and that's not because I'm skilled or talented or any of that. It's because I put in 30 years to be able to make that deal. Exactly. Right. And so it's, that's 30 years of hard work to be able to make a couple of these deals that, that otherwise wouldn't be able to, to get done. Right. So, right. you know, I mean, even with like on the spawn movie front where I, you know, I just keep saying the same thing. There's, there's only two non-negotiables. I direct and it's, and it's R rated by the time we finish editing it, it's gotta be R rated. Right. Um, and that's not, that's not, my ego speaking i mean obviously it is you know i've got as good as strong ego as anybody else but it's it i'm not 26 years old making that demand right i'm 30 right. years i'm th- I, it took me 30 years to be able to say that with a straight face and here's the here's my resume as to why i think i can say that with a straight face yeah right? so um eventually the opportunities that come that you alluded to at the beginning that I'm always doing something is, is based upon sort of the previous hard work in my past. Right. You put the work in. Yeah. And then they just keep adding to it. So then all of a sudden we just do something and that hard work, then we go, Hey, let's do a Kickstarter. And now the Kickstarter will just be added to the resume. Exactly. Oh, not only was it successful, but it made more money than any action figure they've ever done. And yeah. it's got more backers than any uh, actor they've ever done. So it's set two more records. So I get to add two more records to my resume yeah. as we go around. And, you know, we're, we're a topic of conversation. I did a live interview with uh, Yahoo Finance right yeah. next to the ticket, ticket uh, the stock market ticker, mm-hmm. talking about business. So all of that just continues to validate you so that you can then get the next opportunity to do art. Right. right. I, I think that's a that's an excellent point. Let's. I guess we could wrap it up there because that makes. I mean, I I can't think of a better button for the show, <laughs> so uh, we'll put it there. But like Todd, thank you so much for being here and lending your insight. I think there's like a lot of people who've been watching this are I think learning a lot. Uh, having been a fan for so many years, I appreciate your insight and and you taking the time to talk to us here today. 
Um, I kind of miss, just going to wrap it up with, I kind of miss, you remember the old, uh, in, the old wizard columns you used to do? Yeah. I kind of miss those because you used to get like a monthly check-in with like, what does Todd think about such and such, about the industry? Um, nowadays there's a forum everyone has a voice everyone has a platform you don't need a wizard to be able to have a column or an insight platform um you have the you have your facebook drawing chat like where you share you know your own uh what you you drawing or doing tutorials you have instagram um any any interest in doing something like that where it's like i'm gonna lend my thoughts yeah. on this every once in a while oh yeah yeah i i i if, if there's one thing i haven't done yet that i would like to do in a meaningful way before I die is to have, is to be like a radio show host. Uh, and, and not necessarily just talk about comic books or whatever. Else. Oh, yeah. I can do all that. Uh, I, I've been through enough wars now. I've been through enough through my business adventures and whatever else that I, I, I think that I'm just, I'm one of those dangerous guys that can just knows a little bit about a lot of subjects yeah. uh, that I can, that I can speak. Uh, towards and and uh, although I'm continuing to learn I think that there are a few things I can sort of turn and give to the audience right and we yeah. can and if you want well I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you one right now and sure. to everybody listening here I'll, I'll make you a, I'll make you a hundred percent guarantee Everybody's listening to me. I'll make you a hundred percent guarantee on something. I'm going to give you a piece of advice that would be a hundred percent. There's a hundred percent guarantee. If you never do something, you will be a hundred percent failure at it. So this is easy. This is easy. This is bizarre to a guy like me who's just way too competitive. <laughs> if you, if you try and figure out ways to talk yourself out of doing the thing that you wish you could do, you're not built for it. You're not built for it, right? People will say, oh, we can't do what you do, Todd, because uh, it was a different time. Okay, there's excuse number one. Okay, uh, that, that, okay, whatever. How about Robert Kirkman? Came along eight year, years later. Yeah, but Robert Kirkman's slightly different because he had this. Okay, so it's not Robert Kirkman either. Okay, let's go to the next one. What about Brian K. Vaughn? Right. Yeah, but he's got like, and what happens is by your fourth excuse, you're just not built for it, right? You don't have the stomach for the fight, for the war, what you're about to do, right? Yeah. Which, which is weird, which is weird. Or you, you, what I run into, and I understand this completely, because this is personalities, and I have to give everybody their personality, and we're not all built the same, God bless, right? It yeah. would be a crazy world that they, people were like me, because I despise myself at the end of the day most times. Um, that, that they people go well i don't know if all i can do it and i don't know if anybody give me a chance and so here's what i know if you don't give a shit about yourself and you don't want to invest in yourself no other human being cares about you more than yourself nobody right. my wife doesn't care about me and and my mom doesn't care about me as much as i do they they have to take care of themselves and then they can share their love and their gratitude someplace else so if you can't fight for yourself Woo. no other human being will. That's a, that's a, that's a given. That's a given. So you've got two choices. You've got two choices. You can either a do what I think you should do as your dad is I think you should, you should try, right? You should try. And the worst thing about trying is that if it doesn't work out, you didn't lose, you didn't lose much. You can go right back to where you were. 
I, 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 to me, I call it cutting your hair. Ah, I'm going to try this radical new hairstyle. And if I don't like it, your hair will grow back. You can go back to the exact same fashion you were doing before. Right. Um, but every now and then, people who tempt that succeed. This is it. I am, I'm a simpleton. Just so everybody knows, I got C's and D's in high school. I was, I was a 2.0 student in college. What are you talking about? It was only near the end when I got to take some art classes. I sort of brought the average up. I knew nothing about comics. I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing. I just basically just wanted to be in it so bad that I willed myself into those businesses and then I slowly taught myself the language. It's just, I, I think business is just a language, so I call myself bilingual. I know art and I know business. So you can do that. You can, you can, you can raise your hand and you can be the person, go, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, I, and, I, and, and as your dad, I recommend you doing it. Now, the other option is I'm going to give you the other talk. I'm going to give you Todd McFarland, the businessman. And here's what Todd McFarland, the businessman, says to you. I hope you don't do it. <laughs> because if you don't do it ladies and gentlemen guess what i never have to compete with you i never have to get better i never have to improve i never have to go oh my god did you see these new people doing what they're doing with their toys and comics and movies and ideas like it's crazy good oh my gosh i'm gonna have to run faster in this race but if you never want to go in the race you're gonna make my life easy right so 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 please don't join in, right? But I'm telling you, every now and then, the IBMs of the world get just a little bit fat and dumb and happy and lazy. And then the person who listened to the first Todd, the dad Todd, the Steve Jobs of the world, they're everywhere. These people have been littered through, through the, since the dawn of man, the rebels, the troublemakers, the people who rocked the boat. You're going to get every single one of those banners put on top of you. You should wear them with a badge of honor. Uh, and they're the people that just go, I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. And I, and I may fail miserably because the majority of us do, but every now and then one of the crazy rebels succeeds and it's glorious. And so all I'm saying is why not you? Why not you? I don't know why, why you're not selfish for yourself. Like, I am. I like Todd every day. I fight for me every day. So I like, come on, come on. Somebody at a convention has to be on the stage. Somebody in an interview has to be at the other end. And at some point, who cares about me? Why can't it be you person who's listening right now? Why don't you want to be that person? Surely there's, surely there's 3% of you that just heard what I just said. Surely 3% of you will do something that will matter yeah go go right go nike has the best slogan in the world nike has the best slogan just do it just do it todd thank you so much for being here ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening and watching and we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode uh if you want more in the description you can find all the links that'll take you to everything that todd's working on or at least what he's working on right now at this time but i can't wait to see what you're doing next man it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a ride. One, one last thing to that. Yeah, please. Yeah. I've been, I've been at this 30 years. I plan on living to be a hundred. I right. got 40 more good year. I got 40 more good year. I'm only halfway through my career. <laughs> so if anybody's been excited about what I did in the first half, 
shoot, you just wait till you see what I got on the second half. I'm just, I'm, I'm not even halfway there, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go. <laughs> That's a hell of a pitch, man. Yeah. All right. See you guys next week. Yeah.